Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Nathan Wong, and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time, and with me, as always, is my co-host and senior staff writer, Brian Whitfield. So we got a lot to talk about today. we got a ton of things that are on the schedule. Kind of a strange time for us, I know, because of the fact that we're doing this on a Thursday, and I'm sure that a bunch of you guys are watching Thursday Night Football, and uh, yeah, I know, I get it, I get it, it's important, but uh, hey, we're important too, you know, and this is time that we stop to bring you the information, so maybe you can tune down the sound of that game, because hey, who needs to hear the commentators anyway, you can listen to us instead, it would be so much more fun, we got power rankings for NFL Week 10 coming up, we have some information on Des Bryant, we all know he's going to the Orleans Saints, what does that, what does that really mean for the Saints, what does that mean Des Bryant, there's a Le'Veon Bell uh, outlook here, because we Heck, we thought he'd be back, and he's not. What's going to happen to him? We'll talk a little bit about that. We'll talk about the team that we think is most likely to get the first overall draft pick in the 2019 draft, because they are at a race to the bottom right now. We got, we're going to talk about bad calls. We're going to talk about the daily fantasy football stack uh, and a lot more. Ryan, how you been? Oh, you know, just living the dream. <laughs> I love it. Living the dream. That's, that's how we want to be. So we got a whole lot, and I already teed up a bunch of stuff here. But, man, are you excited about this Thursday night football game between the Panthers and the Steelers? Uh, I don't really believe in either team fully yet. So, I mean, I mean, I guess in retrospect, or in comparison to the game we had last week or that doozy <laughs> we had on Monday night, uh, right. the primetime games have been, a, have been a, you know, a, a bit of a, a crap show lately. So I'll take this yeah. one for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, you, last, wasn't last week the Nick Mullins breakout? I mean, that was exciting. I was just excited to see some. I, I was expecting no football. <laughs> Turned out there was some football that night. That was a big plus right in, in and of itself. So that was good. Yeah, and you and you and I, you know, we I knew I went into it knowing you didn't take San Francisco, and I gained a game uh, game on you last week. So I'll take that uh, the credit of that Very game. True. That, uh, you know that climb back in for me there. No, that's true. I, I will admit you managed to you managed to pick that one right. I am totally overestimated and it's really hard to do that but I totally overestimated what little was left in Oakland but we're going to talk more about that in a minute because we're talking about those guys who are racing to the bottom so why don't we go ahead and get this all hey man it's been just a little over a whole week why don't we talk power rankings again there were some significant wins and losses in week nine (laughs) so fire away man what do you think well, uh, we'll start off by saying that I called it last week. Uh, so I have the Saints climbing up to number one, which I projected uh, yeah. after I said they would beat the Rams. So I'll put them one. I'll put the Rams two. I'm keeping KC at three. I'm putting the the Pats at four. I still only believe it's a four-team league. But I flip-flopped on this all day. I guess I, I really don't like the DNA Again, I, I refuse to admit that they're in L.A. because their fan base doesn't. So the San Diego Chargers all have it five just wow. because of the yeah. win streak they're on right now. Yeah, and, and honestly, they're really getting it done. I mean, I'm not saying – I'm not going to give Phillip Rivers tons of kudos, but they're really getting it done on offense. Melvin Gordon looks terrific as always. They just need to find a freaking kicker. They've got to be the most cursed team when it comes to kickers. They cannot find a consistent kicker back there and make everybody bad. So that's um, – but I, but I actually, in reverse order – I actually agree with that. I have number five. I have Chargers at five. Um, I actually have the Rams 
they fell all the way down to four for me. I actually had some questions about their offense. It didn't seem like they were reactive enough. And I don't know if it was just the Saints playing uh, really, really good defense or the Rams just not able to put it together until later in the game. But I, I dropped them behind the Patriots at three and the Chiefs at two and the Saints at one. So I think we agree at least that the top four are the best four and uh, that five tends to slip a lot. But I like the Chargers. I think they're looking pretty good right now. And I, I really do think that Melvin Gordon is playing out of his mind. Yeah, I would agree Look with that. that. I just I just think that, you know, it's it's that, that argument I think I used on the podcast last week or a couple weeks ago, just to, you know, I'd rather be I'd rather be late to that party than, than standing at the standing at the party by myself. So until <laughs> until the Chargers actually can put a full season together, which I've never been able to do in my lifetime. Um yep. you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be something. I mean, I think the last time that they they really were were, you know, that they put a full season together was in ninety four. Uh, and then they got their butts kicked in a Super Bowl they didn't even belong in that year. So right. I think that was the first Super Bowl I even remember watching. But uh, that was the last <laughs> time the Chargers were a real threat, in my opinion. So we'll see. Yeah. They're at five right now, but you know it's going to take someone to actually prove to me it's more than a four-team league. Well, and then we found something else to agree on. I certainly don't like standing at a party by myself either. So that's uh, so we definitely <laughs> agree on that. Well said. Ringing the bell. Let's get past those power rankings. Let's talk about Des Bryant in New Orleans. As we all know, Bryant showed up in Tuesday on Tuesday worked out. They uh they have Ted Ginn over an IR. The Saints also had some problems with Cameron Meredith, who's now also been placed on IR. They really don't have some depth issues past Michael Thomas, maybe Traquan Smith. Signed Des Bryant to a one year contract. He's gonna be there. Uh Sean Payton says he might even play in week ten. What are your thoughts about how this impacts the Saints, if at all? Yeah, so I think I know it's such a hard position to come in, you know, so, so mid season on, um, especially guys been out. I, I, I don't, I mean, I just, I feel like there's still more to this story than we've heard. And right. It, to me, Des, Des did have a drop off last year for sure, but he had right. 800 plus yards. Um, I, I forget the exact stats. I think he had 60 something receptions, you know, so like a down year for him, is still better than than a lot of guys have ever put up. You know, you, you, there's certain guys that I can think of that lasted in the league for forever who never had a season like Dez had last year. I mean, did, did right. Nate Washington ever have a season like that? Nate Washington felt like he played in this league forever. And, you know, <laughs> and so I just look at guys like that, and I say that, has Dez lost a step? Yeah. I still put more of the blame on, on Dak Prescott, but I know that, you know, the, the, the stats and the, the analytics are there that last year, you know, against man coverage, um, specifically um, that when he was pressed, that he had a lot of issues creating separation. And that's fine. So he's not a number one anymore. I mean, Brandon Marshall hasn't been good over the last two years, and he found a job for half the season in Seattle. So it just Mm -hmm. just feels like there's something more there. So I think he does have something to give. The question is now that it's so late in the season, is it too late to go in and pick up an offense and be productive? Um, you know, I think the Saints will probably do some things. You know, you'll probably see him early on in red zone packages to give another big body in there to add, put another threat down in the red zone. So, I mean, I wouldn't expect from a fantasy perspective, I'd be surprised if he has a big impact. I think he can make some meaningful plays on the field for the Saints if they scheme it up for him properly. But, no, I wouldn't expect him to come out and have some, you know, even look at a guy like Gordon who had more in the tank and, you know, 
it took him a couple weeks to finally get up and rolling with the Patriots. And just this late in the season, Dez just doesn't have that same kind of time and needed to the Saints for him to catch up to speed. Yeah, and I, I think that he has had a major depth issue here because, you know, outside of Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith, they got Austin Carr. That's it. You know, Cameron Meredith going on IR, Ted Ginn already on IR. Little known Tommy Lee Lewis actually went on IR in, in the end of September. Probably nobody remembers him. But the fact of the matter is they don't have any depth past that. So signing a warm body probably was important because, you know, the fact of the matter is that I think they picked up Cameron Meredith at the beginning of the season thinking he would recover from his torn ACL from last year. He did not fully recover, and then he went back on IR because of the knee injury. So it's pretty clear he never got 100%, and they knew it, and they, they thought they'd be able to get something out of him. Um, but they didn't. Now, the problem that I see here is that Michael Thomas and Traquan Smith both have been playing on the outside, which means unless they're going to take Traquan Smith and change him into a slot receiver, which doesn't make any sense, that Dez is going to play in the slot. And from what I understand, he's only taken about 70, 15 to 17% of his snaps in the slot. So he's not really a slot receiver, but that might take up, I mean, you know, you need to get, you need to get separation a much shorter distance there. I'm not saying he has a lot of speed down the side or anything, but that's a very different position than playing on the outside. So I'm, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit skeptical that not only, as you say, Dez has to pick up a new offense, but that he has to also pick up a new position as a slot receiver, unless they're doing something funny with Traquan Smith or, or what have you. And I, and I, you know, I just heard the stat in ESPN, you know, the, the uh, New Orleans Saints actually are the fourth uh, lowest in terms of three receiver sets. So they play a lot of two receiver sets. Sometimes they throw two tight ends out there, but they very rarely, I mean, play with three receivers. So that takes out of the picture, you know, having Michael Thomas, Traquan Smith, and Des Bryant out there. And I don't see them benching Traquan Smith with Des opposite Michael Thomas. So big question mark to me. I, I like you. I think there is some question there, but I, I would like to see how he integrates into the team. I think it'll be very interesting to see. And heck, yeah, you know, you put you put Des Bryant out there with one of the uh, best quarterbacks of all time. I think good things can happen. So who knows? I think there's a certainly a arrow pointing up there for him, and it's a very little low, low risk uh, move on behalf of the Saints. Uh, all right, so I guess we we probably we spent more time talking about Des Bryant in the last uh, the last ten minutes than we have the entire season. So let's go ahead and ring the bell on that. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell, shall we? He was supposed to be back. But he's not. He tweeted on Monday that he was leaving his training spot in Miami. There were some rumblings that he planned to sign his franchise tag this week. Um, but there's also a chance that he might sit out all season. You know, it's it's really interesting because this is a third-year franchise player. And if he doesn't sign, his uh, $25 million tag number will prevent the Steelers from franchising him again in the offseason. And Bell will end up forfeiting the remaining $6.84 million salary um, that he, if he doesn't report by next week. Now, he has been spotted recently, <laughs> Bell Watch here, playing basketball at a local gym in Pittsburgh. So it's it's possible that he will report on time, um, although he certainly will be not playing in week 10. Maybe he'll be playing in week 11. Who knows Who knows how toxic that will be when he comes back to that locker room. What do you think about Le'Veon Bell? What do you think is going to happen to him? What should he do? So if I had had a minute to breathe um, from leaving the office – picking my son up, getting dinner set, uh, and getting him to bed before jumping on this. I would have actually done my research. That was a long excuse, but uh, okay. bear with me. I would have actually like done the research and read the article. So this is coming, uh, I guess, third hand, because I was listening to the radio. <laughs> I was listening to the, a local radio station today talking about yep. that. Uh, Pro Football Talk, um, I think it was Florio wrote it, uh, had an article out that um, there's some kind of exception in uh, – 
the CBA that's like buried deep down. Um, and, and I think it was, I'm pretty sure it's pro football talks contention that the league and the Steelers combined were basically leaking this out uh, through the NFL network. Cause it's obviously a, a legal network um, to put this into Le'Veon Bell's head. Cause the Steelers don't want Le'Veon Bell back. And I think what it's, what, what the, cause you said, cause that was my understanding too, that he can't be franchise tagged. I guess right. they could franchise tag him, but the but way the transition tag. Works, so yeah, they would have whatever the tag would be. They would have to t- they would have to pay him like a quarterback, right? So it's actually in Bell's best interest now to sit out the rest of the year because he either needs to get more money than any running back has ever been worth next year from the Steelers, or he'll finally be free, which is what he really wants. So yeah, now Pro Football Talk was saying I believe that that Bell and his agent weren't aware of this, and now that this was made public and they saw it, you know, the report of it, that now they actually are considering sitting out. So. Just, I mean, the story just gets weirder and weirder at all times. Um, so that that's a whole interesting angle. But I, you know, as a as a Patriot fan, um, which I think I do a pretty good job of checking my fandom at the door when writing and, and talking on here. But uh, for the most part, I have my moments. But either way, you know, it, it, so my one non-biased moment, what I'll say is that I think him coming back introduces a whole level of chaos because I think that's James Conner's spot now. And so now right. Bell comes back all of a sudden in week 10 and starts taking away some workload there. You know, we know how the offensive linemen feel deep down, even if they've retracted and kind of quieted down about it. We know how they feel about the situation. Um, so I just think that, that that introduces a whole bunch of chaos to a locker room that doesn't handle adversity very well over the last couple of years. So, you know, as a Patriot fan, I'm rooting for him. Come back. Please, come yep. back and put, <laughs> put their feet to the fire on this and really let that team unravel because they're playing pretty good football right now. Um, but I don't think that'll happen. I, I honestly think he's going to sit out at this point. I just look at it and say, like, Man, that's a that's a gutsy move for a running back because you got about an eight year shelf life and you're gonna sit out an entire year and he might get paid, but it's the NFL, the land of non guaranteed contracts. So unless he gets just an absolute ridiculous amount of guaranteed money next year, at, right. at his age, I don't think it's unreasonable. He sits out this year, comes back, signs a mega deal, and in two or three years, he's not worth that money. He's cut. He doesn't see a lot of it when he should have just when he should have just taken the money this year. I understand what he's doing and. He can write all his cryptic tweets. He should get the hell off Twitter, too, by the way. But regardless, <laughs> he's writing upside-down tweets, taunting people. He doesn't care. Yep. And, again, it's fun to shake your ass at people when you're on top. But, again, if in two years he, he, he can't hack it anymore and he has to give – and he has to, you know, lose all that unguaranteed money because right. he, he wasted a whole year sitting out, you know, we'll see, we'll see who's laughing then. Yeah, and actually, the, so the, the the transition tag uh, that you, so you're absolutely right that what you what what you just reported there about the fact that it would be actually higher with transition tag is absolutely right because it actually what it does is it sets the tender at 120 percent your prior year salary and if he has zero salary in 2018 he has no salary in 2018 they had to go back to 2017 and raise that by 20 percent which makes it 14.54 million dollars um, if they transition tag him now the only catch there is that they don't have to pay it so that they can tag him as a transition tag and then somebody can go and make him an offer they can counter that by paying him the 14.54 million which means they're never going to do it so although theoretically he could be in line for a bigger payday with the transition tag it's 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 very unlikely that pittsburgh would actually pay that money they just have the right to pay 14.54 if they want to keep him off the market Um, which is this part would just be just <laughs> would just be the bench him because as you said, James Conner is the guy back there 
He's leading the AFC in rush yards right now. He is essentially matchup proof after breaking 100 yards again against a relatively solid Baltimore Ravens defense. And we'll see what he does tonight as well. So you're, you're right. I think, I think actually it was very poorly played by Le'Veon Bell. I think he should have played out the season and really uh, proven to other teams that he's a good team player and hasn't, ha- hasn't lost a step. And then when he gets into free agency life next year, then he can, you know, kind of make his money. Then what he's done now is basically devalued his ability to say that he could be a locker room guy in any way, shape, or form. And no one wants to add a bad element. I mean, aside from maybe Dallas, maybe Cincinnati, but nobody really wants to add a bad attitude guy to their locker room and, and maybe possibly, possibly toxify that entire environment. I think that'd be a mistake. Um, so yeah, I guess we'll keep watching. Um, it's, he's totally doing a great job of sinking my fantasy football team. He's <laughs> sitting there on a bench and taking up a bench space and I'm <laughs> expecting to get him back in 10 and he doesn't come back. So darn you Le'Veon Bell for being a thorn in my side. Um, thankfully my second round pick of Delvin Cook, oh wait, he also screwed me. And my third round pick of Rob Gronkowski, oh wait, he also screwed me. Uh, so yeah, it's been a bad year all the way around. Uh, anyway, I think we've spent a lot of time on him now. Let's go ahead and ring the bell. Let's move on to the next topic. Yeah, so real quick, just because yeah. I'm actually trying to read the article while going through it now. So what it basically says is that the Steelers will have a decision to make. I'll read it right from the article. The team's willingness to acknowledge that a third tag in 2019 counts as the third tag under the CBA would then yep. make him eligible for the quarterback tender. Even if mm. he doesn't show up this year, it would, uh, would seem even more bizarre. So it's something it's something called, like, so because they mentioned the transition tag in here, but they're talking about some, some like, tender called the QB tender, or the quarterback tender, which is mm. language in the, two, the 2011 CBA that isn't clear that could make him eligible for even more than that 120% bump. So it, it's, it's something really weird, but basically it, for, it would force the Steelers either to pay him a boatload of money or just outright let him go after this year, which means he'd finally become a free agent. So it's really probably in his best interest this year just not to show up. But anyways, go read the article. Not that I'm not, not that pro football talk sponsors me, but <laughs> yeah, hey, go check him out because it's a good article. Yeah. No, no, that's, it's very interesting. I mean, like, I, I can say that, as, if nothing else, it's really kind of forced all of us to take a look at the CBA very carefully about how, how players will actually should or shouldn't play out getting the free agency. You know, I mean, this is a very interesting – if nothing else, it's, a, it's educational in kind of figuring this out. So Le'Veon Bell is at least an interesting test case for us. So, all right, so now I rang the bell, but I'll ring it again just for the heck of it. All right, Perfect. let's talk about the, the team – most likely to get that first overall pick in 2019. There's actually quite a few that are on the list and in the running here. Um, according to ESPN, the ones that are in the running the most are the Oakland Raiders, the Arizona Cardinals, New York Giants, Buffalo Bills, and the San Francisco 49ers. What are your thoughts? Which one of these teams do you think gets down to that first overall pick for 2019? And after that, what do you think they should do with it? Yeah, so, I mean, it's hands down uh, the Oakland Raiders. And... Um, I mean, because going through it today, I mean, there's some uh, some matchups that I thought were going to be juicy matchups. I was looking at on, ay ay ay. Sorry, I got I got the Bruins game on in the background, and this I think I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was it was one nothing coming into the second period here, and now it's six four between Vancouver and Boston, just nonstop goals. Um, no anyway, apparently. Um, so <laughs> the the Raiders. As I was going through looking at some stack options. Um, for this week for fan uh, for fantasy uh, or for DFS, um, you know I was surprised as I'm going through it to see that you know the Cardinals have the seventh best um, 
pass defense in terms of fantasy. I don't know where they rank as far as yards per game or points per game through the air, whatever, uh, by the mm-hmm. official statistics. But from a fantasy perspective, they're the seventh best defense against the pass this year. So redeeming quality. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the 49ers are a team that has two wins despite the fact that, I mean, talk about it. I don't know if I've ever seen a football team more bitten by the injury bug before. You go all the mm-hmm. way back to what feels like a lifetime ago with Jarek McKinnon before the season uh, getting hurt, Garoppolo getting hurt real easy or real early, and it just – and so on and so forth. You know, it's just – and it just it's continued to develop. Now you, now you can't even keep Pether healthy. and So they've gone through a lot of stuff, but they've been competitive in a lot of games. Um, they obviously came out in blue doors last week against Oakland, uh, this team we're mentioning now. And so I just, I just feel like the rest of the teams have redeeming qualities. And I think that the Oakland Raiders are a steaming pile of, of shit. Um, they are, they are one of the worst. And, and, and I'm, I'm so happy about it because it's just like, I feel like people don't value enough how hard it is to walk away from the game of football and come yeah. back and just step in, whether it's coaching or playing, and you have two guys in Marshawn Lynch and John Gruden that that you know embody that that are, are that mm-hmm. are guys that walked away and and came back, and people just expected them to be them, not even who they were when they left. That's the funny part is like people thought John Gruden was going to be John Gruden of two thousand and one or two thousand whatever year it was that they that he won with the Raiders. I mean, with the, with right. the Broncos, uh, right, right, Jesus. the Bucks. You talk about and. and Right, the Bucks. Um, thought he was going to be whoever he was with them, and like they expected Marshawn Lynch in 2014, like completely ignoring that both guys walked away after they after they had not been as good as they had been in their prime, and it's like so I just look at that team and I just look at the ego of this man, and and you know the thing is, is that you got to realize with Gruden is that like he didn't come back because he loves football in my opinion, he came he came back because. You know, because he, he, he tons of there had been tons of talk about him coming back in the past and stuff. I think he came right. back just strictly, uh, strictly as a cash grab, and so that's what you get. You get a man who doesn't really care; is just here to get a paycheck, and and he's just, and he's dismantled that team. Um, yep. So I just, I mean, if Oakland wins another game this year, I would be absolutely stunned. Right. Right. No, I totally agree with that. So, uh, I. I don't disagree with any of that. I think he's totally run the team into the ground. But let me turn around and look at the potential bright side if they end up tanking down and getting the first pick overall in the 2019 draft. That will be the fourth first-round pick they have, obviously three in 2019, one in 2020. And the Bears one probably, I hope, will be not a great first-round pick. I'm hoping somewhere in the 20s, if not better, or I should say worse. Um, But it's still a first-round pick, and he got one from the Cowboys, which – Honestly, the way they're looking right now uh, could be a top 10 pick. So if they had number one, number 10, and number 25 in the first round, maybe they can rebuild a little bit. I just don't have any faith that they'll make the right picks uh, when they get to next year. I mean, I I, I think he's going to try to rebuild what he knows. He'll invest in a running back in the first round. I know how much you're you're not a fan of that, Ryan. And then he'll probably invest in his offensive line and just leave everything else to go to crap as it has been in their passing game. So – uh, I don't have a lot of confidence he'll do much about it. But if you want to look on the bright side, uh, quote-unquote, maybe the Raiders end up with a number of first-round picks and maybe this rebuild can get them somewhere. But I, I agree with you. I think it's the most likely that they'll be the uh, the team that gets the, the, first, the number one overall pick by the end of the year because I can't imagine they're going to win any more games. All right, let's go ahead and ring the bell on that one, and let's talk about the next topic. Let's talk about our worst call so far this season. I actually have a bunch of them. 
Um, but you know which one I'm going to focus on. What about you, Ryan? What, what was your worst call this season? So I would uh, – I'll just give myself an honorary mention because the guy that we talked about before that you were going to mention, um, I think <laughs> I've, beat, I, I've beat my chest over being right on Jordan Howard, even though you scared me off of him. I've beaten my chest over being the guy who drafted – David Johnson in two keeper leagues and held on to him the entire 2015 yep. season um, and, and actually was bad in both those leagues and then was able to start over with, with him as a keeper the next year. And then Alvin Kamara was the guy I was high on early last year and even Chris Carson. So I, I've talked about my wins enough. So let's make sure that I don't forget to mention that my big rookie uh, unheralded guy this year was, uh, was unfortunately not Philip Lindsay. It was uh, one Jordan Wilkins. Um, I don't know if anyone knows his whereabouts, um, but I don't think he's been spotted since the draft back in April. So, um, so that was the one I know I will see your thunder. You can talk more about that, but that was one of them for me. But I think the bigger one is, uh, I mean, his draft class last year is looking worse and worse. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to ding myself for back to back years on this. Um, I was high on Delvin cook last year. And I said Dalvin Cook was going to have a big bounce back year this year. And it's starting to look like Dalvin Cook is made of Play-Doh. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm going to take, you know, if, if, he, if he can ever stay healthy, maybe I can come back and revisit it and claim a W. But um, as, the, as the old saying goes, the, the most important ability is availability. And uh, when you can't really step on the field for more than whatever it's been else. I, I think it's maybe been eight games, but two of those were pitch count games. So we'll call it seven, six games, somewhere in that range that Delvin Cook has right. played in his NFL career um, yep. through two seasons at a position where it only gets harder to stay on the field the older you get. Not an overall positive sign. So I'll take a big L on Delvin Cook. Um, <laughs> and then an honorary mention, last one. Um, screw you, Alex Smith. J- the, the, Redskins, <laughs> the Redskins have – had coming into the year the the best strength of schedule for a passing game according to fantasy pros and so i looked at it and said jameson crowder's my man and i just forgot apparently that alex smith can't throw the ball to receivers unless they play as a running back like tyree kill so um yep. wrong on jameson crowder too and I, I i think i finally dumped all my last shares of him last week finally uh. Yeah, man. Oh, and you mentioned Jordan Wilkins, and boy, he has been <laughs> – what a disaster. I really I, – I called him, and I quote, my plant my flag guy this season. Boy, I'm sure glad my flag <laughs> is not worth anything because I would have lost it a million times over. 14 rushes for 40 yards in the first game he was in. He's, he's terrible. I mean, he's terrible. And now Marlon <laughs> Mack is making me look good, making me look bad, even worse, because I thought Marlon Mack was going to go bust. So I completely missed that call. Massive, massive whiff there. Um, I couldn't have made a worse call except for, and let me tell you this, Ryan, you know you've made it in podcasting. When you have a listener go back and listen to an old podcast and say, you suck at this, okay? <laughs> if you might recall, in our, first, in our first podcast of this season, I actually, of the regular season, I actually said the rookie that, that, that I thought was going to be bust after the first, day, after the first game was Calvin Ridley. I said he was terrible. I said he couldn't catch anything. He had a lot of drops. He uh, basically ended up with zero, zero, zeros all the way across the board, total snake eyes. And, uh, well, unfortunately for me, um, he's been actually pretty good. So, uh, man, you're right. Um, you're right, Raga, if I totally blew that one. Thanks for pointing it out to me. Uh, Calvin really also terrible, terrible call on my part. So, always good to own up, right? Good for the soul. That was a, that was a, that was a random listener that sent that to you. Yeah, that is a random listener that sent it to me. So, so thank Perfect. you, listener, hey, for paying attention. 
Yeah, man. Thank you. And if, uh, if you're listening at Ryan Whitfield, N E, feel free to drop your show link and I'll go back and listen to all your takes. <laughs> I love it. I love, where were you when I got, when I got uh, slammed on Twitter, man. Okay. All right. That's, that's great. Let's go ahead and ring the bell. Let's get to our last topic. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about DFS. Shall we daily? Wait, 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 wait. Hold on one second. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hold on before we get to the stack. I just remembered, yeah. first of all, I got roasted like two years ago. Um, yeah. In our mock draft, and I don't remember you yep. defending me very much when I when I took a running back for the yeah, Seahawks. That's not my role. I don't. I, kid, this is not my role to defend you. You're supposed to. <laughs> the kid you who yelled at yourself, me about saying the Seahawks, the Seahawks were loaded at running back. Um, if that kid is out there listening too, I'd like to I'd like to ask you why they drafted Rashad Penny and Chris Carson. I mean, it seems like the team keeps throwing resources at the running back when you told me they were loaded two years ago. Another another <laughs> chirper at Ryan Whitfield Denny. All right, and by the way, we love you, chirpers. Please keep chirping because that means you care. I know that means you care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get to that last part of our show here. Let's talk about DraftKings. Let's talk about uh, FanDuel. Let's talk about uh, Daily Fantasy. Uh, we give our stacks every week. What do you got for us this week here, Ryan? Yeah, so I'll just pull it up my show notes here. So I'm going to tap dance for a second. All right, perfect. <laughs> so I have – I'm going to really run the gamut here and probably steal some of your thunder, but I got four – Major stack matchups this week. Um, okay. And I'll, and I'll preface it with that I because I do an article for a site called goingfor2.com um, where, I, where I talk about cash games. So my stack recommendations, just because I guess it's a disclaimer because it's probably important to, to mention this before we do it, that I typically talk about safer play guys, uh, stacks yeah. for cash games, which the cash games right. are the 50-50 tournament. Um, so I'm trying to do – you know, high floor guys that you can really depend on. So that's just my disclaimer before we go into it. Um, yep. But I'll, I'll start with like the most obvious down to the one that I think that I'm actually highest on. That's a little bit more off the radar. I think right now. Um, so the two top ones, which are easy. Um, I love, I love a Kansas city stack uh, versus Arizona. As I did mention, Arizona surprisingly to me does have the seventh best performance against uh, the passing game in fantasy this year. Um, with that said, I'm not backing out on Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey right now, um, and I'm rolling, and I'm rolling with Hunt as my third guy on that one. Uh, the second one is the Rams. Um, I know you said you're a little down on them this week. I still think that they're uh, the second best team in football. Mm-hmm. Seahawks are another team that I was actually surprised to see just how good their defense is this year. Just haven't watched enough Seattle football. Uh, they're six against the pass, seventh against the rush. With that said, I'm still taking Goff, Gurley, and Cooks. Uh, and then the third one, second to last one here, um, Green Bay is a team yeah, I, I, like I, I liken to the, the kid who uh, waits till the night before to do the assignment, um, who's had two <laughs> months to do it and then crams for it just to get a passing yep. grade. Uh, and passing, in this case, is winning the wild card and sneaking into the playoffs. Well, it's about midnight on the night before the projects due at 8 a.m., um, so Green Bay is going to start kind of putting the project together now. So I like a combo of Rodgers, Devontae Adams, um, and, uh, and Jones, Aaron Jones there. They're 22nd against the pass, 28th against the rush. So I like the Green Bay. And my last one, and this is the one that I'm the highest on this week because I think Oakland sucks so bad, and I'm obviously coming around a little bit on the Chargers. Rivers is going against the 24th best passing um, defense in the league, Oakland. So I'm taking Rivers and Keenan Allen. Um, Keenan Allen's been kind of a consistently mediocre player to this point. Um, mm-hmm. He hasn't had he hasn't had any bad weeks, but he hasn't had one of those big weeks. I think he's going to break out this week big time. Um, and then the 32nd rush defense in football uh, from a fantasy perspective. So I'm taking Melvin Gordon all day. So those are my my oh, big yeah. stacks this week. 
Love, love those. I actually love all those stacks. So you pretty much took took most of mine, but there's one, two more that I kind of like, uh, and not as much as some of the ones you mentioned. But I actually like New Orleans and Cincinnati. I like both sides of that actually, because New Orleans, although they have had a pretty solid uh, run defense, has not have not had a very good pass defense. I know there will be no AJ Green this week, so it's a little bit questionable what you're going to get out of that. You know, when they don't have to cover that many people, but that still means Andy Dalton can be usable. I think Tyler Boyd was probably going to get a ton huge target share there and I think you can actually if he plays CJ Uzuma um, and Uzoma at a tight end also could be an interesting play and I don't I'm not a huge on Joe Mixon I mean I'm just not sure what's going to happen with him unless he gets involved in the running game because I, I do in the passing game I mean because I think New Orleans does have a solid run defense but I do love the other side of that I like everything in the New Orleans side I love I mean except for Des Bryant I give it a week if I, between the running backs I like Kamara <laughs> over Ingram but, uh, you know, as far as wide receivers, Michael Thomas looks great. Traquan Smith, I, I love him. And he's super cheap, only $4,600 on DraftKings. He's half the price of Michael Thomas. So, you know, I know he's going to get a lot less target share, but, geez, the, the blow-up potential is huge. And I love Drew Brees this week. Um, I think he's going to be great as well. And Drew Brees only the third most expensive quarterback here. I know that's a lot, but, you know, I think that's something worth um, looking into. And if you want to save money, and I keep saying this, and I get burnt all the time, but Cleveland – I just, you know, they're playing against the the Falcons. The Falcons' defense is horrendous. They have the 28th ranked pass defense in the NFL, 31st ranked rush defense in the NFL. It's going to be a little bit of a shootout, I think. I, I think that Cleveland can um, can be usable here. Um, I'm not super high on Baker Mayfield, but I think it's a relatively good uh, matchup. I I wouldn't go Nick Chubb, but I would certainly look at Duke Johnson. I mean, see, look at what he did last week. It was a new. New people at the helm there, new new coaching staff, new uh, new usage for Duke Johnson, and they're sure to be in a shootout with Atlanta, so I like Duke Johnson there. And uh, I keep saying this, I keep getting burnt by it, but Jarvis Landry, I mean, he just has a, a ton of targets. I think he's got to get his at some point, so I don't mind using Jarvis Landry as well. And on the other side, on the Atlanta side, Cleveland has a surprisingly good pass defense, but a surprisingly weak run defense. So Tevin Coleman had his breakout. I think I think Tevin Coleman is usable this week as a as a nice running back. And if you want to save a little bit of mon- a little bit of money, I guess you can go down to Edo Smith. But I just don't have the confidence I have with uh, Tevin as far as cash games. Uh, any thoughts on those? You like any of those lineups? Yeah, um, I definitely obviously like the New Orleans side, even though um, they're a road team. I don't know. Did you put up our picks article yet? I did. I did. It's up. Okay, so that's my fault for falling asleep on that. But um, I put, I put, obviously put in the article, to those of you who have read it, that um, I traditionally hate dome teams going outside. I just think the Saints team's different this year, and Cincinnati stinks. So um, I'm high on, on the Saints side of that play. Um, on the Falcons side, I am a big proponent of Edo Smith. He, he is consistently getting you double-digit points. He's not having – so I wouldn't play him in a, in a GPP. But, you know, you know I'm looking at it. If you know, if I'm going, say I play the LA stack's pretty cheap, or a little cheaper. But say I play the Kansas City stack, nine, right. on FanDuel, ninety-eight hundred dollars from Mahomes, nine thousand dollars on Hunt, eight thousand dollars on Travis Kelsey. I mean, those. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a good chunk of your budget right there. And I'm yep. and I and I honestly can't imagine playing another defense besides the Jets defense this week, uh, given their matchup. So. You know, that's 4900 bucks right there. So now I need some cheap options. Well, if, you know, especially in cash games, if I can get Edo Smith and feel confident that I'm going to get at least 10 points and maybe he finally has that big week where he scores two touchdowns out of nowhere, 
You know, that's right. a that's a play that I'm pretty safe. I feel pretty safe about because Atlanta is always going to want to deploy two running backs. So even with you know um, with Devontae Freeman out, they weren't going to turn over a big chunk of the workload to to Tevin Coleman. They're going to keep Tevin Coleman at the workload he gets, and now Edo Smith just gets Devontae Freeman shares, and he's produced with those shares, and he's looked good. And I think I honestly think that if Edo Smith was in a better situation and a team that didn't split it like that because he's not mm-hmm. as much of a pass catcher as, as Tevin, but if he was the first and second down back on a team that didn't split carries like they do, you know, I think he'd be a much more productive guy. So I like Ito just because of his value, especially if you're going to play a more expensive stack. If you're playing a little bit of a cheaper stack, then, yeah, obviously try to grab Tevin Coleman as your RB2. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I like, I like those matchups in general that, that, that you mentioned. Um, the only other thing I wanted to mention quickly is just uh, don't sleep on uh, O.J. Howard as a tight end play this week. Sure. Only $6,500 yeah. on FanDuel, $5,300 on DraftKings. Even with uh, the re- revolving door that is quarterback in Tampa, he's continued to, to I think, average 12 points per game this year. Um, and Washington's 20th against tight ends and against the pass this year. So, um, O.J. Howard should be a nice value play there if you don't want to spend the crazy money you have to on a guy like Travis Kelsey. Yeah, no, I love it. I think that's that that we uh, that could be a good play too. And uh, and certainly, if you want to save money, uh, Edo Smith route is a good way to go. But Tevin Coleman also really cheap, so you can't go wrong. I think with those guys um, in both FanDuel and in DraftKings. Okay, uh, we have gotten to the end of our show, blowing the air horn on the show. Uh, Ryan, why don't you give us your shout outs and your social media so people can follow you? So I'm gonna keep giving the quick shout out of Squad QL, the DFS fantasy optimizer. My contact is actually no longer with the company, um, and oh. it appears that they are no longer retweeting our show when I keep oh, promoting them. So tip, we're in a little bit, of a little bit of a limbo, but I'll still uphold my end of the bargain and shout out Squad QL, <laughs> the daily fantasy optimizer, but that could be changing here in the next couple of weeks if I don't get any <laughs> communication on the back end. All right. Well, that's good. Oh, and, uh, and, uh, and you course- can also follow me on at Ryan Whitfield NE, by the way. That one's a little <laughs> bit more important. I, 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 plugged, I plugged them more than I plugged myself. At Ryan Whitfield <laughs> NE content on Twitter, except for, except for maybe Hakun. Right, right. Oh, well, look at that. He just, look, he just threw me. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really appreciate that. You can follow me at FB Garbage Time. As usual, thank you for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Your fix is down to nine. Don't choke it away. <laughs> oh, and enjoy the Bruins game there, Ryan. Yeah, they're down six four. Sounds enjoyable to me. Bye bye, Joe Quenville. <laughs> <laughs>